the world has written a narrative of motherhood that's narrow and limiting. But that's not how motherhood was designed to be. We don't have to accept that narrative or stay in that confined space. As Christian mothers, we have the freedom to create a beautiful, fulfilling, and inspiring life for ourselves and for our families. We can live a life of purpose and vision in the midst of the confusion around us. I want you to move from being unsure to being confident as a mom. I want to see you let go of the overwhelm and guilt and embrace the freedom we have in Christ. Let's learn how to enjoy the life and the family we've been given. Let's create homes where faith can grow and hearts can be shaped for the kingdom. I'm Audrey McCracken, and welcome to Grace for My Home. Hello, friends. I hope you've had a great week. Um, I'm so glad to be back with you today. I've had several who told me that they enjoyed my first podcast and um, they enjoyed that story that I taught. I spoke about my oldest son, David. And so I thought, well, this week I'll tell the story about my middle son, Luke. And um, I'll try to keep it short. My boys are, um, they're about 16 months apart. And at one time, the oldest was four. And so Luke was three. And then um, my smallest was not even a year old yet. And my husband got in his, um, in his mind that we needed a dog. I guess he didn't think I had enough to do. And so he said, these are boys, they need a dog. And he went to the animal shelter and brought back the cutest puppy. She was a lab golden retriever mix. And we named her Bella and fell in love. And the rest was history. And she's still with us today. But Bella, she grew a lot faster than my boys. And she was so full of energy. She we couldn't keep her. We had a fenced-in backyard, and we thought that would be where we'd keep her. But we couldn't keep her in it. She would jump over it. She'd dig under it. And she was just, she would dig holes all over the backyard. You did not walk in the backyard after, after at night. It was just, it was too dangerous. You'd fall into a hole and break your leg. And I remember my boys at that time, we had the backyard, we had this really nice swing set we'd bought for them with the big slide and the climbing wall, and it was really nice. And they loved that swing set, but they could only go back there with me because Bella would just run and knock them over like bowling pins. So that was our afternoon. We'd go in the backyard and play on the swing set, you know, supervised because she she basically... She, we were prisoners in our own home because she was so full of energy and they were scared. Um, they loved her, but they were scared of her. But I remember one particular um, afternoon, I was cooking supper in the kitchen and we have a bay window that looks out into the backyard and Bella was under the swing set laying down and my son Luke was sitting at the table and he was looking outside the window. He just had this look on his face like he was in deep thought. And he said, Mama, is Bella going to die one day? 
and immediately my wheels start turning. I'm like, this is one of those conversations. And I'm like, I don't know how to handle this that, you know, we just got her not too long ago. And, and so I'm thinking, are we going to talk about doggy heaven? I don't know. I don't, I haven't decided. I thought, are we just going to tell it straight or are we going to doggy heaven? What are we going to do here? So I'm praying, Lord, give me words, give me words. And he, he, and I, and so I, I put my hand on his, on his shoulder and I look him and those big blue eyes, all my boys have big blue eyes after their dad. And I said, honey, yes, one day Bella is going to die. And he looked up at me just as sincere and serious as he could be. And he said, mama, then can I play on that swing set? And it was all I could do not to lose it. And I said, yes, honey, then you can play on that swing set. And that's all I needed to hear. He jumped down and went, went to play. And, um, I just love that story because it just captures, you know, his innocence and his, his heart. And, um, and I have laughed at that story, but he, he denies it. He, he says he didn't say that. He doesn't remember saying that, but I promise I didn't make it up. I just tell you that just to kind of give you a little glimpse into our life. We are, um, you know, we're, we're a strange breed, I guess. Um, and maybe you are too, but, um, you know, we just take it one day at a time trying to figure it all out. But today I wanted to talk with you about, um, confidence as a mom and how we get that. You know, you can't just say, poof, here's confidence. I wish it was that easy. You know, I struggled when I first became a mom because I just, I never saw myself as a mom. I was, I liked moms, but I never saw myself as a mom and I didn't feel motherly. And, and to be honest with you, I never, there were a lot of times I just didn't know what to do. Like I've, like my husband was more loving towards our children than me. And that's, that's sad to say. I thought he's a better mom than me, but I would get in situations where I didn't know what to do. You know, I didn't know if, if I needed more to be more strict or less strict or more loving or less loving, or, you know, my kids, they were boys and they were full of energy and they were wild. And, and I had a sister, I never even had brothers. And, um, and so I felt like sometimes like there was a mama gene that I didn't get. Like there was this sixth sense that mama's had and, and somewhere it skipped me. And so um, I had a lot of growing to do. And I, I would often, you know, I, I felt in my heart. I mean, I loved them with every fiber of my being. And I wanted them to have a good mom, right? I want them to have the best mom in the world. You want your kids to have the best of everything. I want them to have the best mom. But they were stuck with me. And nobody else was going to come and do it. And so I was like, well, Lord, if they're stuck with me, I need you to make me the mom that they need. And I don't know how you're going to do it, but I need you to make me the mom that they need. And so little by little, you know, I, I want to stress right here the importance of quiet times, the importance of having time with the Lord, of prayer and um, spending time in the Word. You know, when I became a Christian, I became a Christian later in life. I was in my 20s. And luckily, I had people who were watching out for me, who who mentored me, who told me, you know, you need to set aside time every day, if it's just a few minutes, to read the word, to pray, to hear from God, to talk to God. 
you know, that is where your life comes from as a Christian. And that's the best advice that I could I ever got and I could ever give you as a mom, as a Christian, as a person is spend time with Jesus because he has things to say. He cares about where you are right now at this moment. He cares about what's going on in your life. You know, he, I always say he's the one who knows everything about me and still loves me. And so those times with him were times that, you know, I, and I still do, I go to him and I could pour out my heart. I could say, Lord, I wish I was this way. Help me to be this way. God, give me wisdom in this area. And he Little by little, he grows us up. See, we need to see that as we are helping our children mature and grow in faith and in life, that God is doing the same thing for us. See, as we help them, as we mentor them, God is mentoring us. And so we're in this together. You know, a family is growing together. And that's the beauty of motherhood is that none of us have arrived. We're all being changed and transformed into the image of Christ. And that happens at his feet. That happens, you know, when it says that we're being transformed into the image of Christ. And that happens when we look to him and we walk in his word and we cry out to him. You know, in those early years of being a mom, I just spent a lot of time repenting. I mean, it seems like I blew it so much. Um, I'll tell a quick story. I'll have to change my podcast to Storytime with Audrey, but I just, word stories help me. And I remember one time I, I took my boys to the library and the youngest was in a stroller. And it was a, a different library because the one we usually went to was under construction. So we went to another library in another town. And I told my boys, I'd give them the the talk. You hold on to the stroller. They were, I mean, they were maybe five and four. They were really small. And I said, hold on to to the stroller. You know, it's the library. We're going to be quiet. You know, you can't run. You can't. Well, time we got in that library and they saw that I was with that stroller with that baby and I couldn't get to them, they went wild. And I mean, I saw the look in the librarian's face. I was so embarrassed and I did not know, you know, what was appropriate. I didn't know what to do, but I, I told them and I told the Lord, I will never come back to this library again. I will never show my face here again. And I was so angry and I was so, I was just like, get in the car, just get in the car. And and I think back and I and I think, Lord, you know, you were so gracious to me. I mean, I come home and I just repented. And I just said, Lord, I'm so sorry. I don't want to be that crazy mom. I want to be the good mom. I want to be the nice mom. I want to be the mom that is in control, but in a nice way. And um, and that just wasn't me. And and I tell you that because maybe you don't have that problem. But I tell you that so that if you do, you'll know that you're not alone, that you're not the only one. What I... What I found out as I got into the word was, I hope you know this as a Christian mom, that you have a calling on your life, whether you work outside the home or whether you're homeschooling or whether, you know, you're a stay-at-home mom. I don't, if you're a mom, then you're called by God to raise those children for him. They are your sheep. Whenever God gives you an assignment, 
then he gives you what you need to carry out that assignment. And so those little ones are your assignment from the Lord. And he is there to help you. And in the Bible, do you notice he rarely calls the ones who have it all together? He rarely calls the ones who we would call. When he called Gideon, Gideon said, Lord, why me? I'm from the smallest tribe and the smallest clan and the smallest um, family. You know, why me? That's who he loves to call. He loves to call call those that are not to confound the wise. Because when he does that, he gets the glory. We know we can't do it. You know, we know if this is going to ever, if this is going to be good, it's going to have to be God because I can't do it. But what he does when he calls us is he anoints us to do the work. You know, the Lord started dealing with me about this. And I want to tell you that, you know, what I'm sharing with you today, I didn't get it one day. I didn't like sit down one day and the Lord opened it up and it was like, bam, you know, this is, this is your answer, Audrey. It was little by little every day because that's how we grow. You know, we are not weeds that shoot up overnight. We are trees that are planted, hopefully, by the rivers of of life, by the waters. And so we, we grow little by little. So as I kept opening up the word and repenting and saying, Lord, help me. I want to be a good mom. I want to be the mom my boys need. He started showing me that, you know, when he called somebody to do an important task, he sent his spirit to help them. He gave them what they need. You know, think of Samson. Samson, he gave great supernatural strength that only could come from God to accomplish what God called him to do. Think of um, Solomon. Solomon, God called him to lead his people. He was the uh, the right king at the right time. And he God gave him supernatural, heaven-sent wisdom to lead his people. And you know, I think of so many through the Bible that God gave them what they need. You know, David especially stands out to, in my mind. I love the story of David. Maybe it's because he was a shepherd and he had sheep on the backside of a hill out of everybody else's sight. And it was just him and God and his sheep. And so many times that's how I felt. I felt like it's me and these little ones that he's given to me and and God And nobody sees and nobody knows, but God knows and God sees and God cares. And with David, you know, he's just doing, he's doing his thing. He's obeying the Lord. He's trying to, to be obedient. He's singing to God all by himself. And then one day he gets called out and he goes before the prophet and the prophet pours oil over his head And him and all those in that room knew what that meant. It meant this is the Lord's anointed. This is the one called by God. His his own father didn't think enough of him to call him to the feast. You know, Samuel had to say, is this all you got? You know, you don't have any more sons. I mean, he was that, um, you know, unnoticeable. And but God knew where he was. And so you may feel like sometimes, you know, I'm just, I'm stuck here and 
I, you know, and nobody sees what I'm doing. And does it matter? Yes, it really matters. It really matters. It ma- it's an eternal work, what you're doing. It matters to God. It matters to those children. And you, one of the other things that the Lord started showing me was not only has he called me, but he has anointed me to, to be a mama. There is a mama anointing, you know, and I claim that, you know, Lord, you live inside of me. And, you know, it says in the word that, well, don't just take my, my word for it. Let's look at it. Let's look at it in the word. Um, I want to read from, we'll start at first John. It says in first John two twenty, but you have been anointed by the Holy one and you have all knowledge. And John is talking to the church and he's telling the church you're anointed. And then um, another scripture in first Corinthians one, it's verses 21 and 22 it says, Paul was speaking to the church of Corinth, and he says, and it is God who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us and who has also put his seal on us and given us the spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. You see, the anointing, the anointing oil represents the Holy Spirit the anointing oil in the in the word always is representative of the Holy Spirit. And when God wanted to set something apart for his use, he anointed it with oil. It talks about how he commanded Moses to tell the priest to anoint all of the vessels in the tabernacle and the altar, because that meant there might be other vessels, but these are mine. And they're set aside for special use. When, um, when God, whatever God anoints, he sets it aside for his purpose. And he anoints us. He sets us aside to do his work of raising and teaching these little ones about him and pointing them to him. And so we can have confidence, not in our own ability, but that God is giving me what I need to do this. It's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by his spirit. You know, there's so many examples in the Bible of God anointing, you know, and and when he does that, there is a supernatural ability. When we become Christians, the word says that we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes inside of us and he's in there. And we can call on him. You know, so many times I'm in situations and I don't know what to do. And I just, you've probably heard me say it in this episode. Lord, give me the words. Give me the words. I need your words because a lot of times my words are not good words. My words are harsh. My words may not be what's needed for the situation. But I know if he'll put his words in my mouth, then they will be life. They will bring life to the situation. Um, I hope you're getting something from this. I hope this is um, fresh bread for you. I hope that it encourages you that God sees you and he wants to help you. I'd like, before I let you go, I'd like to read one more scripture that I think um, 
is the most important scripture. I think it kind of sums up what I'm trying to say. I hope it's coming across. But Isaiah 61, 1 through 2 is the scripture that Jesus read when he went, when he came out of the um, the desert and he went and he read at the synagogue, he established his ministry with this scripture. It says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. And he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted and to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus himself read that and he said, this scripture has been fulfilled in in your presence right now. And he was declaring, I am the anointed one. You know, Jesus wasn't just anointed. He was the anointed one. He was the one to come. And it says the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And if Jesus needed the Holy Spirit, if Jesus needed the anointing, if what he did on earth was by the anointing, how much more do we need it? He is our example that whatever we do on earth, you know, we want to do it with the Lord's help and not in our own strength, because what we do won't last, but what he does will be effective and it'll last for eternity. And, you know, he is so good to us. He gives us what we need. He puts in our heart the desire to obey. He calls us to be moms. He calls us to this high calling of pointing little ones to him. And then he helps us. He empowers us to do it and so we can walk in confidence not that we have it but that he has it and he's working in us Um, I hope this was a blessing to you today I hope there was something new in it that um that will help you through the week and um I'd like to pray with you before we go and just bless you um Lord I thank you for my friends out there today, Lord God, the ones that are in the trenches, Lord, with those little ones. I pray, Lord, for the joy of the Lord. Lord, it is our strength. And I pray, Lord, that you would, Lord, that you would help them be aware that you're with them, that they might feel like they're on the backside of a mountain with a bunch of smelly sheep, but that they're not alone and that their work that they are doing is eternal. And Lord, that Lord, they would pull upon that anointing, Lord, that's inside of them, that they would call upon you and they would see that you always come when when you, they call upon you, Lord. And we thank you, God. We thank you that it's it's for your glory, Lord. It's for it's you're the one who called us, Lord. These children are from heaven and Lord, we just pray that you'd show us what they need and help us to be the people that, Lord, they need to see. And we love you, Lord, and thank you in Jesus' name. I hope you've enjoyed this episode today and will join me here again next week. You can find more encouragement on my blog at graceformyhome.com. God bless. Bye-bye.